is true. Money cannot uh, buy happiness. This for sure. But anyway, it's better. To, it's better, much better to have money than not to have. It's better to uh, cry in Rolls Royce than to be happy in on a bicycle. That's <laughs> this for sure. <laughs> presented by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the central university. A study on the All right, everybody, welcome to episode 249 of the Arn Jacob Do America podcast. I'm your host, in the place to be, Mr. Jacob P. And sitting right across from me is the Brown Recruits, Mr. Art Show. Art, say hello to the millions. And millions. What the heck is going on, you mother effing people? Guys, go to kmancoffee.com. Check out their entire inventory of coffee beans. They got the hibiscus tea. They got the cacao butter. They Mm. got the... Sweatpants, they got the hat. Jacob's flicking his tongue. I, I don't know what that means. The cacao butter, man. The cacao butter, yeah. Um, gotta lick it. They got, Before they already say it. hibiscus tea. I love the hibiscus tea, dude. Hibiscus tea is like delicious, it's delightful. It's like eating a crescent roll. Mm. Uh, guys, uh, go to kmancoffee.com, check out their entire inventory. Use promo code America to receive 15% off your entire purchase total. Uh, Guys, do it. Take a picture of yourself. Take a picture of yourself drinking the coffee, wearing the pants. Tag us. Tag them. It shows that you care. It shows that you appreciate it. Uh, appreciate us. Uh, and that's it. Yeah. So, with that said, everybody, uh, speaking of sponsors, uh, I want all of y'all motherfuckers out there in the multiverse of the Orange Jacob Do America land, uh, head on over to sukerapparel.com. Uh, check out the grand variety of merchandise that the great and powerful Nicole Smith-Bosch has created with her own two hands and the power of a MacBook Pro and Photoshop. Uh, go there, check it out, buy everything that makes your heart flutter uh, this Valentine's Day season. Uh, Valentine's Day is tomorrow, technically, probably today as you're listening to this in real time. Uh, but if you still want to be, you know, that knight in shining armor and just get like a random gift, I think everybody enjoys that, right? Getting like a random gift of love. Sure, yeah. yeah some, people do. some people's love language is, you know, giving or whatever. Mine's mine's acts of service, apparently. You know, I took the test and mine's acts of service or whatever. But if your love language is giving, head on over to sucreapparel.com, buy that special somebody or multiple some buddies. You know, some people have some Sanchos and Sanchos out there. I'm not gonna say who, Jordan. Uh, oh Jordan Jordan. Oh. The Jesus ever loses virginity. 
I don't. Today's the. Oh, tomorrow's the day. Tomorrow's. Tomorrow's the day. day, Jesus. Just wear a fucking pink tuxedo, pink bow tie, head down to the mint. Don't matter. Put a pink bow tie in that man bun. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You don't even wear chonies, bro. You won't eat them. Do you won't eat them, bro? Just go down there. Put a little sign that says Mr. Single, ready mm. to mingle, and dude, you're going to fucking lose that V-card. Yeah, and if you want to lose your V-card, get those special somebodies, uh, something from Sucre Apparel, enter promo code Art and Jacob, and Nicole will give you 10% off your entire... <laughs> <laughs> I just had this like wild-ass vision of fucking Jesus with like a pink bow, like extravagant, <laughs> like bow like coming down to his shoulders <laughs> or whatever like like flowing hair like fucking fabio and shit like and he's like at the mint like the trashiest bar in bakersfield like hitting on like some like <laughs> bisexual woman with like a fucking horse nose ring and shit like he's like yeah so you like you, you party yeah yeah party <laughs> you, you listen to joe rogan what's your favorite joe rogan what are your top 10 joe rogan interviews oh man <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I- I'll bang you. Let's go to the bathroom. <laughs> Here we go. <sighs> I'm not brushing my teeth for this one, baby. I'm just going to pull my panties to the side and he, just stick it he, in. You look like that guy that dressed up like a monkey and, <laughs> and went on Spirit Airlines to South Africa. Was that you? No, that wasn't me. <laughs> that was a different guy. <laughs> oh, okay, as long as it wasn't you, that would be embarrassing. I like all right, son, I've had my panties pulled to the side for the last 10 minutes. You still haven't stuck it in. Here, here we go. I was like, what do you mean I haven't stuck it in? I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. But we're not here today to talk about unprotected sex in the bathroom of the fucking mint. Art, what are we here to talk about today? <laughs> Guys, this is like the fourth or fifth annual. Uh, fourth annual? Fifth. Fifth annual? Bro, we're on year five of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast, my guy. This is the, what do we call this? My Bloody Valentine? Mm-hmm. It's a, so this is one that was like year one. It pitched this to Jacob uh, without telling him. I was like, you know what? Let's just do a thing where we each tell a story mm-hmm. and then we'll like talk about it. It's obviously a ripoff of My Favorite Murder and they're really good podcast, guys. Go check it out. Yeah. Um, If you're into this episode. um, It's basically that. So if you're a My Favorite Murder fan, you'll probably dig this episode. Yes, but uh, each one of these topics in the spirit of Valentine's Day, if you're watching the YouTubes like you should, uh, I replaced the the LED lighting for some pink lighting. Oh, it's very, very nice. festive, if you will. So shout very out to all Romantico. Somebody play Rico Suave, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Uh, but each one of these stories is going to have some kind of romantic tinge to them. Um, you know, it's a a lover's scorn is yeah. going to be the basis. A of, lover's so, quarrel. <laughs> a lover's quarrel. A true love's kiss. Do you believe in uh, true love's kiss? That guy, dude. I wonder what happened to that guy. So. So most people listening to this won't know what we're talking about. But me and Jacob used to work at Target, and there was a gentleman there. He was a former scientist turned mad scientist that would go into Target and always ask for Twilight, the series Twilight, to see if we had it in stock, the movie Twilight, Mm -hmm. starring like Robert Patterson, future Batman. Um, And he would always ask for it. And then I'd be like, oh, no, I don't know if we have it. He's like, have you ever seen Twilight? And I'd be like, no, I I haven't seen it. He's like, is that because you're afraid of Twilight? You can't be afraid of Trump's kiss. (laughs) He talked exactly like that, too. And I would always be like, I don't know if, like, this is an act. I don't know if, like, something, like, mentally just went wrong. Like, he was either, like, the greatest, like, Andy Kaufman-style comedian or, like, and I heard he had a twin at some point. What? Yeah, and that's that's when I was like, no, there's no way. And I guess like his twin was like, 
a lawyer and like he was not a lawyer like he was just like always going in there and being like i, I just bought a pokemon <laughs> and, and and the pokemon uh is uh it, it's whispered in my ear and it said true lump skins is undefeated <laughs> <laughs> it was weird stuff like that he would just come up to me and ask me things i remember i remember he tried to fight juan who was like this Literally like a Rico Suave looking <laughs> motherfucker. I'm not afraid of you, Juan. You, 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 wetback. <laughs> Dude, we're getting canceled like Rogan. We're not getting canceled. Right. I can say, hey, if Joe Rogan says that, we, we, he gets canceled. I say that. So. I know, I know. But they're going to be like... <laughs> Hey, how come Mark can say this is like that? I'm going to get canceled th- for like the 17th time this for week. For laughing at it? Yeah, because dude. Jacob's white ass. Dude, Mind Jacob you. laughed at it. Yeah. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on a second. Uh, Breaking news. This is like real breaking news. Tupac rumors swirling at Super Bowl 56 halftime show. A potential holographic Tupac might appear during the hall. For during the halftime Super Bowl show today, this might be the greatest Super Bowl show ever. I'm not gonna, like, yeah, if yeah. Tupac shows up, like, all right, sorry, Michael Jackson, you put your dick in that kid's butt, the, you're out. <laughs> Prince, you're still up there, but the Bears lost, so I'm gonna try to forget that that ever happened. Yeah, you made Eddie uh, sleep in the stadium. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Eddie was like almost electrocuted and died. Yeah. Uh, if Tupac shows up. This might be the fucking greatest thing I've ever. I I might show up to work with a full on erection tomorrow. Like nice that fuck dude. Like I've been on this Wu Tang crank like Wu Tang lately. Uh, I might need to go into a full on Tupac vibe right mm. now. Like I just got my Tupac wiener. I won't deny it. I'm a straight rider, dude. I I can't me. even. What I mean, obviously you gotta do California Love. Yes. Like obviously, duh. You're in California. That's what they're gonna do is California Love, and then holographic Tupac shows up. Damn. Oh, man. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that was nuts. So, my bloody Valentine. Speaking of bloody, bloodiness in Tupac or whatever, um, let's jump into the topic. Um, I am really excited for this Super Bowl halftime. More more so than the game. I feel like a girlfriend right now. Really quickly, who do you think is going to win? It's going to be the Rams. I think the Rams are going to win. I am rooting for the Bengals because I... I think that I hate super teams, and the Rams are definitely a super team. So by the time so. you guys hear this, we'll already have like the fucking you know yeah. the newspaper clipping or whatever, and all the the people in Africa will have like the the losing the teams. Bengals, <laughs> Bengals Super Bowl champion, yeah, or the Rams Super Bowl champions. They might pull the upset off, but we are here to talk about some bloody Valentines. So um, with that said, Art, you want me to kick it off? Yeah, if you want to kick it off, man, go for it. All right. So this topic um, was something that I pitched as an actual like episode topic that you know we could have hashed out for a whole hour and a half, threw in some racist jokes or something. I don't know. No, we're not racist, guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, I was doing like the the research on it. And I was like, oh, this is like more or less like we can spend ten minutes on this and then kind of move on. It's very much cut and dry story. Apparently, Ridley Scott uh, and Lady Gaga and Adam Driver had a three hour movie about it. I haven't seen it yet. Um, but I like this topic for uh, my bloody Valentine because the first my bloody Valentine episode that we did, I did the, I did it about the assassination of uh, Johnny Versace. So I thought it only apropos that I talked about um, the assassination of Maurizio Gucci. So Gucci, you know, uh, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Yes. Uh, so like that high end fashion community, I guess. Like there's like a lot of like fucking true crime like within like the italian high fashion society or whatever so you know what the movie portrays it as like as like 
the original like leather company and mm-hmm. like it's a I, it, the movie got shit on a lot. I think the more I think about it, the movie was not as good as I was hoping to be. And I, but I still, I still give it like a C plus. Yeah, still I, worth watching. I haven't seen it just because we haven't been able to get out uh, to find a babysitter to go watch it. And for some reason, Amazon they want like a, like twenty six dollars to rent it. I'm yeah. like, eh, I ain't doing that for research on that episode. So I'll just watch like documentaries on YouTube and Wikipedia this motherfucker. But it's a, it's a really fascinating story. So I'll kind of start at the. Um, the middle of the story, if you will. Uh, so in um, March 27th of 1995, so uh, Tupac is still alive. He doesn't need a hologram at this point. Uh, Maurizio Gucci, basically the president CEO of uh, Gucci International, uh, was shot and killed outside of his offices in Milan, Italy. Uh, now, the only witness was the doorman there who was also shot in the arm. Uh, and he kind of uh, described it as kind of like a... An, an amateur hit job, if you will. But um, he dies, and uh, we're going to work our way uh, backwards here. So when he, he passes, obviously it's it's it, it's like the biggest fucking scandal in Italy at this time, um, just because it's hey, it's it's the head of Gucci, right? You know, Gucci's all over this world, and I yeah yeah yeah. yeah. It's a, in the time where like rappers like Wu Tang Clan and whatnot, they're they're obsessed with like you know high end fashion and the rich and whatnot. So check out the Patreon if you want to get. You know us talking about that in even further detail, but you know it's 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 a big name brand in the mid '90s. So they, they compared it to um, kind of like the O.J. Simpson trial, where it's just like, oh shit, we got we got to find the the true killer here and whatnot, right? And so there was all sorts of leads because during uh, Maurizio Gucci's lifetime, uh, he pissed off a lot of people to rise to power, mostly within his family. And um, I heard in the movie it shows like you know they were very violent towards each other. There's a lot of uh, cutthroat, you know, tactics for him to rise to power after his father, uh, Rodolfo Gucci, uh, passes away. You know, he inherits 50% of the company. Uh, and then his uncle, he kind of like pushes him out, who his uncle kind of like is like the the second generation after Gucci Gucci. Mm. You know, his uncle really co- takes him under his wing. Yeah. And he betrays him. Betrays him. Betrays his cousin, which is played by Jared Leto, who's probably going to get an Oscar for his performance, according to v- art. Very mixed reviews. I love this performance, but apparently a lot of people were like, he sucked. He should, he was like Mario Brothers out there, like <laughs> saying, it's a me. Like, it's very like that, but, but it's very on point. But like to that point, though, watching like all the documentaries, like Dateline and shit. They fucking. I, I'm not trying to sound like Joe Rogan here and saying who says the N word, oh, but like here we go. <laughs> here's the canceling. Uh, of Jacob. My my butthole is clenched. Go for it, Jacob. The 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 the, the accents that the Gucci's have does sound a lot Mario Brothers ish, oh, right? That's not that bad. Okay. No. Okay. So We're don't not. cancel me, Italy. Jacob uh, woke up and he was in Goomba Town. But they do sound a lot like that because I was I was. Um, Watching a trailer with Lady Gaga, and I was like, "Oh, dude, that sounds so cartoony." Her she, accent. She okay. I one thing I will say about the movie. I think the movie like skipped out on things that were should have been more interesting, should have been focused on more. But you can't blame any of the actors. The, every single actor I think acted the shit out of that movie. Dude, she sounds just like the lady we're about to talk to to talk about today, and she looks almost identical to her. Like she I, okay. I'm not even the Lady Gaga. Like I don't. I, I've never been like Lady Gaga's hot or anything like that. Lady Gaga looks. 
hot in that movie. Like, yeah. I don't know what happened. I don't know who did her makeup or what. It looked like Lady Gaga, but something about her in that movie, I was like, dang, girl, let your Italian side come out more often. Yeah. I like this. I like this Lady mm-hmm. Gaga. Mm-hmm. Put some fucking... <laughs> Put some fucking Parmesan on that pussy, man. Yeah, I was like, man, this is stop, stop letting corporate America whitewash you with those blonde wigs. Like, <laughs> let me see that Italian side, mm, girl. That Italian style. Yeah, baby. I was like, oh man, I'm trying to taste some of that mozzarella stuff. Almost <laughs> 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 is mozzarella even Italian, Italian herbs and spices? Yeah, I was like, fourteen herbs and spices. That's real artwork right there, boy. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to yeah and i gotta say yeah she did look delicious in that movie but um uh yeah so basically you know investigators were researching you know the family because like there was a lot of people within the family that had a motive to kill Maurizio gucci uh another podcast i was listening to just actually this morning uh you know Maurizio gucci was finding himself in all sorts of financial trouble because he was trying to revamp the gucci name because it was very much seen like as an older person's product and you know, Adolfo, his uh, his uncle had licensed it, you know, a bunch of like lower end stores to carry it and whatnot. It wasn't in Walmart necessarily, but, you know, it was like in, you know, you know, every middle America person can walk in and get something Gucci. Mm-hmm. He didn't like it. He wanted it to be more exclusive, more hip. And so, you know, that costs a lot of money. Uh, he borrowed a lot of money from some shady characters like in Bahrain and things like that. So he had... He had a lot of ties to, like, some shady people, and then people even within his family, like, there was a lot of motive there to kill him. But as it turns out, that's not who ordered the hit on Maurizio Gucci. So um, to go back, enter in his ex-wife at this time, uh, Miss Patricia Reggiani slash Gucci. So a little background on her. Um, Patricia Martinelli was born in 1948 in... Vignola, Northern Italy. And I'm probably butchering the shit out of that. But very much somebody was born um, in the slums of Shaolin, if you will, mm-hmm. um, to a single mother who was getting, you know, peanuts, you know, for being a waitress. Um, very much struggled in life. I believe her dad pieced out on her. And up until the age of 12, just lived in total squalor. Uh, at the age of 12, her mother marries this very wealthy entrepreneur who totally changes Patricia's life, right? So she, you know, becomes engulfed in like the finer things in life and kind of swears to herself that she will never go back to a life of poverty. Uh, fast forward to uh, when she's 22 years old. Um, in 1970, um, she's climbed the socioeconomic ladder, if you will, like where she's hanging out at all the exclusive nightclubs and, you know, she's a mover and shaker. And I guess. A lot of documentaries and podcasts were painting the picture of Italy at this time where it's like you very much, it was a world that, you know, economically it was booming. And there was this divide amongst the rich where it was like very much old money versus new money. Now, Patricia was very much seen as new money, which is kind of like, you know, 50 cent now. He's rich, but like he's like new money rich. So he's kind of sloppy with it or whatever, right? But then there's like old money rich, which would be like a fucking... I don't know, like the Rockefellers or somebody here, like in America or whatever, where it's just like the rich, but like they're not out there like, you know, flaunting like a a, a gold or a fucking Jesus piece, like a $75,000 Jesus piece or whatever. They're like a little bit more classy, which was like the Gucci family. Like Art alluded to, you know, the the, grand, the great-grandfather, Guccio Gucci, uh, started from humble beginnings, created like a leather store into like this very well-known high-end international brand. Uh, so Maurizio Gucci 
and Patricia Reggiani at this time because her stepfather adopts her. Um, they meet and uh, very much like fall in love immediately. Uh, however, uh, Maurizio's father, Rudolfo Gucci, was just like, nah, like she's new money, she's dirty, she's a rat, she's a fucking goomba. Get the fuck out of here, you know? Yeah. And he was. Wait, just, is goomba? I, I meant that in the Mario Brothers sense. Is that a Goomba like a racist? <laughs> did yeah. I say something racist earlier? I think you did, Art. You're okay. Joe Rogan now. Oh no! Sp- don't think. Don't take us off <laughs> Spotify. Well, just keep calling everybody Goombas until it becomes like the standard, the gold standard. Okay. Um. So um, he's like telling you know him like no, she's trash. She's just trying to climb the you know the the, the social <laughs> ladder, if you will. Like she's just using you for your last name. Like get get her the fuck out. He bucks his dad. Very now, Maurizio Gucci is kind of like a, a weak dick, kind of uh, beta male. And I don't know if this is hundred percent true, but like fucking, that's these are what the documentaries kind of paint him out to be. Uh, Patricia is very much like an alpha female, where like she calls the shot. She's wearing the pants like in this relationship, and she's like basically like, no, stand up to your dad. Like we're actually legitimately in love. And Rodolfo kind of like excommunicates Maurizio out of the family. So he's kind of like disconnected like from the Gucci name and the Gucci fucking allowance and everything. So like they're very much like forced to like, you know, find their way on their own. They get married and they, and I think this is like a sad situation where they get married and nobody from the Gucci family shows up to their marriage. And, you know, there's pictures of their, their wedding day or whatever. They look like they're happy. They're in love. Like she looks like a dime piece. He looks like a handsome nerd or whatnot. Uh, but like when you learn that fact, like, oh, nobody in my family showed up to like what's supposed to be the happiest day of my life. It's just kind of like, ah, man, that's, 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 that's a horrible feeling to feel in that old Corazon, if you will. But Adolfo Gucci, who's pretty much the, the head of the Gucci family and, uh, heads everything out in Gucci America in New York was just like, you know what? Your father's kind of tripping and, you know, it's been a couple of years and I can see like, hey, like there's nothing to gain with what you guys got going on right now. You guys are just kind of like carving out like a a nice little life, you know, without Mm -hmm. the Gucci money or name or whatever out there. Why don't you come out here to New York and I'll show you, you know, the business, like how it's run. You know, you don't have to be around your father and everything that's going on in Milan right now. Just come out to New York. You know, I'll teach you the business and kind of takes him under his wing, you know, just just like, hey you young rascals or whatever like let's let's get you on a good path let's bring you in right and so uh, Maurizio you know he starts you know doing good things in the company and uh, Patricia actually like pushes for like hey like maybe you need to make up with your dad or whatever right like you know we can't have this like we have two children why don't you you know get the family on a good on a good mend again or whatever right and so they make up and uh, Rodolfo Gucci actually buys uh, Patricia and Maurizio, this like fancy fucking, um, I, I guess you could call it like a penthouse, like in New York, like in the Olympic tower, which is supposed to be like, if, if, if Trump towers is like right here, like on the whole fucking, uh, high end society or whatever, I guess like the Olympic tower is like twice above that or whatever. It's like the highest, the high you can get like in, uh, fucking, uh, New York real estate. So she buys them a fucking, uh, penthouse in the Olympic tower. And, uh, at that point, that's when Maurizio and Patrice starts to like rise, like within like the the social scene of New York, where like they're rubbing elbows with like the Kennedys. I believe like Patricia's like best friends with like Jackie Kennedy Onassis at this time, and um, you know they're just it's it's like when you see clips of like Studio Fifty Four, like they're very much like 
in like that like category of like they can just walk in to like the front of any like club and like they're getting in right away if they're even if there's like a fucking line across the wrapped around the building or whatever twice or whatever right so they the family sees like oh okay like they're they're doing really well on their own and in 1982 they moved back to uh, milan italy because rodolfo gets really sick and um eventually dies so uh, Maurizio's dad dies and leaves Maurizio with 50% of the company and this is where all the problems start to happen so when this happens Patricia starts to like take over and like kind of pushes him again a very mild-mannered individual Maurizio is and Patricia is very much the opposite she's like you know we can't go back to you know being poor or anything like this so we need to take this company to the highest of highs or whatever past Versace past fucking fucking Louis Vuitton, like all these other motherfuckers. We got to be the top of the top or whatever. So he starts making moves and kind of betrays like his uncle Aldo. Uh, he starts buying out shares from his cousins, um, I believe Paolo, who was played by Jared Leto and whatnot. You feel pretty bad for Jared Leto at this point, or Jared Leto, but uh, <laughs> you feel bad for his cousin because his cousin was the guy that was there, never gave up on the company, always was designing things to mm -hmm. be a little more progressive. But everyone always laughed at his designs because they were like pastel colors, pastel and brown. They look very 1970s looking like, yeah, you know. And so people were always like, nah, you're not the future, man. Like your designs are kind of whack. His dad basically laughs him out of the room. Like it, it, you feel bad for him. But, mm -hmm. but that was the perfect opportunity for him to take over as like, you know what? You're the law student. You're the really smart guy. Like why don't you take over? But clearly he didn't want to be part of this this empire he just wanted to like practice law out in some corner yeah i believe like yeah. england or something like that um uh, but anyways he paolo he sells his shares to Maurizio, which gives him more than 50 percent of the company uh, and again like i said earlier they start you know progressing in other directions betrays his uncle aldo pushes him out of the company buys him out and um the family is like, you know what? Fuck this. You, you're being an asshole right now. You were like the little weak dick motherfucker in the corner until we took you in or whatever. So they basically accuse him of forging uh, his father's name on, you know, uh, you know the the inheritance record basically. So like uh, accusing him of tax evasion. That you know the 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 amount that he inherited, I guess it was like tax exempt the way they had it written out. Uh, but I guess they had it somewhere where it looked like, you know, Maurizio forged his father's signature to avoid all these taxes. Uh, make a long story short, Maurizio heads out to Switzerland and hides out for a few few years. And this is like, I, I guess, like where he kind of get like gets his head space in. Like he's seeing like he's being his family's falling apart. His wife is like really pushy. And when you look up Patricia Reggiani, like on YouTube, like she's very much she's like a bad bitch. Like she is like like everybody like describes her as like cold heartless and just like like there there's like some evil in there like you can see like there's some good in there right and then when she was younger she was very she was very hot but very toxic ass woman or whatever right very much somebody that likes to like take somebody and be the puppet master if you will uh but he kind of like they describe like his time in switzerland it's like where he kind of like gets his head together because he's avoiding fucking prosecution you know in italy and new york for tax evasion he was but, also there with his mistress also there with like multiple mistresses and whatnot and this sends uh patricia reggiani like into a rage you know and they start fighting 
and uh, she's threatening to kill him and all these like things. And it's kind of like falling on deaf ears because it's just like, she's just a hothead or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Like she just, it's like watching Jersey Shore, if you will. Like, Ronnie, I'm going to fucking kill you. Like Mm -hmm. no one takes that threat seriously. It just sounds like something that you're saying in the the heat of the moment kind of thing. And also, you know, he's dicking down like some Swedish babes in the Alps or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, of course she's going to be saying that. But anyways, um, they at some point like reconcile and they get back together. And one day he pa- he packs like I guess like a small like overnight bag to uh, go on a quote unquote business trip. And he says, you know what, I'll be back, you know, in a day or two. But instead of him coming back in a day or two, he sends one of uh, their mutual friends over to say like, hey, Maurizio is not coming back. He's leaving both you and your daughters and he's never coming back. He's gonna move in with you know his his new girlfriend paula frankie and you know hey we're we're gonna be getting a divorce you know whenever we can finalize you know like the the details of it you know we're gonna get a divorce mauricio's gonna marry this paula frankie lady and like that's the end of it so what ends up happening is they do get a divorce and she actually kind of like in my opinion like i would have just took like that l and like taken this or whatever Mm -hmm. but apparently like they settle for something like ridiculous where it was just like every year the Gucci corporation was going to pay her $1.47 million. That's pretty solid annually just to fucking, you know, be the ex-wife or whatever. The only thing is, is she can no longer use the Gucci last name. She has to go from Patricia Gucci to Patricia Reggiani at this point. So she no longer gets to use the Gucci name. And they said that that set her off because she very much was like hungering for like that status, like that, that um, socioeconomic... Uh, Apparently in the movie, and I don't know if this is, uh, a, you know, I don't know if it's fact, but in the movie they make it a point to constantly point out that she's not a Gucci. Mm-hmm. They always say, like, oh, this is the Gucci name, you know, like, there's they do the scene, right, where they have, like, all these, like, knockoff Gucci bags and stuff like that, and she's like, look what we found. We found all these, like, knockoff Gucci bags. We can't have this. And, he, and then the uncle's like, um, he's like, we should be happy that people are trying to knock off the Gucci name. Like, we, it means that much to them that they want to knock off our name. And he's like, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Like, no one should try to knock off our name. And he's like, our name. He's like, it's our name. You're not a Gucci. Yeah. And like, I they do a lot of those little things in the movie where it's like, you're not a Gucci. Like, you're not part of this. Uh, and you could tell like it builds and builds. I don't know if it was that to that level to that extent, but maybe they Probably. all seem very like petty. Petty, yeah. So maybe, yeah. I yeah. can see how it would start to irk her at some point. Yeah. So at this time, like when she's going through like this turmoil with uh, Maurizio, uh, she befriends some somebody that in, in, in the nicest terms, they call her a psychic. Oh, And yeah. <laughs> in the most uh, derogatory terms, you yeah. know, they call her basically like a bruja or a rich yeah, or whatever. Selma Hayek's character. Which is weird that they had Selma Hayek play this lady because she very much looks like an Italian grandma. She doesn't look like a Mexican, you know, black magic, you know, practitioner or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know if it's things getting lost in translation because every documentary is like dubbed in English from like Italian and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, basically, I mean, she's a witch, mm-hmm. you know, she, she befriends, uh, Patricia during this time and is pretty much on the payroll, um, to tell her things that Patricia wants to hear. Like, oh, you're the most beautiful person. You're, you're, you're prettier than that Paula Frankie bitch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll put like a magic voodoo curse on, uh, Maurizio, which I, you can kind of say works because Gucci starts to take a nosedive and Maurizio is forced to sell like 
47% of his shares in Gucci to, you know, pay off some expenses and pay off like baby mamas out there in the Swiss Alps and shit and all this stuff. Uh, but, um, he, Patricia gets, a uh, some kind of notice saying that once, uh, Maurizio marries this Paula Frankie, her alimony is going to go from like $1.6 million all the way down to $860,000, which she described as nothing but a bowl of lentils. So she's mm. <laughs> very much some rich people problems here yeah. or whatever, right? Uh, but I'm trying to look up the lady's name, but the the black mag- magician lady, uh, Ju- Giuseppina or Pina Ariema uh, is uh, the lady, and she says, you know what? I have an idea that will make all your problems go away. And basically... Um, Whatever narrative you you want to follow. If you listen to Patricia, it was kind of like a tongue-in-cheek like thing. Like, oh, yeah, let's just have Maurizio killed. Uh, but if you listen to Pina's uh, testimony, it was very much Patricia who was pushing for Maurizio to get killed. Uh, but basically, what they said was is that Pina would ask a few people uh, to carry out an assassination on Maurizio. So I guess she had... A mechanic get a hold of one of his friends who had a friend who had a gun that had a silencer, which would be sufficient enough to clear anybody's name. So there's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon that would, you know, dilute like any yeah, yeah. anything that would uh, trace the murder back to um, uh, to Patricia uh, Reggiani. And so everything kind of like on paper seemed to be sound and like when you say it out loud you're like yeah like there's six degrees of separation uh there's all this turmoil with the family um you know patricia's gonna be you know somewhere else at this time when the you know the murder occurs uh also there's like all these like mafia and like shady business deals like in bahrain like where you know Mauricia owed all this money so there's gonna be a lot of things that are gonna be hashed out that will never come back to patricia but what fucks up everything i guess with this murder is is that patricia would go into you know the butcher shop she would go into the bakery uh, and she would brag about how you know she had her husband killed uh also too you know the person that actually carried out uh the murder uh was a benedito serralo i guess i'm gonna fucking butcher that name was very much like a poor you know a failed businessman you know with a pizzeria and whatnot uh, he was also bragging about the fact that, you know, he cut, he did this murder, uh, but was also pissed off that Patricia didn't pay them in full. I guess she made a down payment, but didn't pay the rest and whatnot. So they, they were pissed off uh, and they were arranging, you know, other situations, other hits, maybe on the daughter and whatnot or whatever. Right. And I guess you listen to five different fucking narratives, you'll get five different stories. Uh, the one that seems to make the most sense is somebody, you know, overheard all of these individuals talking about it uh, in a bakery and decided to call the authorities saying, hey, we have this high profile murder. Here are some leads that you probably want to follow. We got, you know, the ex-wife bragging about having her husband killed. And I just heard, you know, possibly the hitman talking about how she stiffed him with the bill and whatnot. Right. And so the authorities um they arrange like this sting where they have one of their detectives um, basically disguise himself as somebody from Colombia, like a like a drug hitman, you know, with the Medellin family, you know, the cocaine family mm-hmm. that was going to shake down Patricia for the rest of the money. But it was going to be an undercover detective. 
Uh, but basically, uh, that undercover detective, he's able to get a hold of everybody involved and wiretap with his wiretaps, get all the information that they need to get an arrest and eventually a conviction for Patricia, Pena, and all three or five of the, the, the middlemen in the assassination of Maurizio Gucci. Um, during the trial, it's pretty, it, it comes out that like Patricia is trying to say that like, oh no, they were blackmailing me, you know, out of my alimony money to do this, that Pina just did this, you know, for more money. <clears throat> and then, you know, that defense didn't work. And then I guess Patricia said that like, oh, you know what? I had this brain tumor, you know, a couple of years ago, a non-cancerous brain tumor that was pushing against my brain, which my doctor says messed up some of my decisions. So maybe I, you know, ingest told Pina, you know, mm -hmm. my, my psychic, mm -hmm. uh, to, to carry out this thing, but maybe, you know, it didn't come across as, you know, jovial and, you know, she took me serious. And so that's going to be my defense. And I guess they brought in some non Joe Rogan scientists, mm -hmm. <laughs> some jovial Rogan scientists to, to say basically <laughs> like, no, like we, we know people who've had like this, this exact same tumor in the exact same position of the brain. And they're all better within six months. That tumor was three years previous to the order of the hit on Maurizio. Um, so she gets um, sent to jail for 25 years. Um, and she could have actually gotten out a lot earlier. I believe like after like uh, nine years, like she had the possibility to parole if she went into a work, a work release program. Uh, but refused to because she said, you know, I never worked a day in them my life. Why should I have to now? And I guess like some documentarians, like while she was in prison, like visited her in prison. And I guess like they said, like she was actually like pretty much running that prison, right? Like she was like Suge Knight, like in jail where like, you know, they weren't allowed to have pets in the prison and somehow, some way, like she convinced like the warden to let her have like a pet ferret uh, she would arrange more like outside time for herself, like where she would be sunbathing with like a like a bottle of champagne. And she pretty much describes like her time like in jail. So eventually, like in 2022, like she's she's a free woman and whatnot. Right. She serves her time. Uh, but she pretty much describes her time in jail as like paradise. And that's exactly what another way they caught her is in her journal. She put on the day that fucking Maurizio uh, got murdered. She put Paradisios in Greek, but um, yeah, super interesting lady. Uh, very much a bad bitch. <laughs> and I guess like now these days, you can see her like walking down the streets of Milan, uh, with a I guess like a parrot like on her shoulder. Oh wow, that's weird. Yeah, like and like she looks like like the devil like herself. Like if if the devil was a it's woman, like Cruella de Vil. Yeah, like a Cruella de Vil lady. Like with a fucking macaw like on her fucking shoulder or whatever, like Jafar. Like oh, she looks man. like fucking Jafar or whatever, right? And like she served her time and she's very open about, yeah, like, yeah, like I had my husband murdered, but you can't send me back to jail. And even if you do send me back to jail, like I had the fucking time of my life because I was fucking running that joint. Yeah. And I was like, God damn, like super interesting fucking case. And um It's a it's a super interesting case. And I think you nailed it. That's pretty much the whole movie. Like yeah. You pretty much got the whole movie. Like you pretty much seen the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty accurate, man. You you if if they had somebody doing research for the movie, that's pretty much. Yeah, I did overkill on it. <laughs> that's the only thing you missed was I think that uh, 
the Gucci family still owns the like ancestors of their original cows that gave them their original leather. Mm. And like those original like four cows like still get treated like royalty. Oh wow. And like their family, like the ancestors, like the great great grandchildren cows of like their original leather. Mm-hmm. Um which I think is kinda cool, kinda weird, but it's like, hey, I guess you do an entire empire to this this cow. Well what's crazy is it's like there's no Gucci's left that yeah. own the Gucci. I think it's like some like investment corp. Yeah. And you see that at the end of the movie when like the they this like five dudes are like, We're gonna take over Gucci now and like uh this Tom Ford guy you guys hired is pretty good. Why don't we just have him take over all the designs because he's pretty decent. Yeah. So he's I got a strong chin chin line. Yeah. Like, we'll just have this Tom Ford guy take over. He's people like him. Yeah, and what's crazy is is since like Maurizio got killed and never was able to ma- marry Paula Frankie, her whole time in jail, she's she was owed back pay. Mm-hmm. So that one point four five or one point six million dollars that she was owed every single year pretty much compounded. And once she was released from jail, like she got like over like twenty six, thirty thousand dollars or thirty million dollars or whatever, and still gets like that one point four for one point six million dollars from the Gucci Corporation every single year. That's nuts. Yeah. That's cool. That's a cool life. Yeah. <laughs> and Lady Gaga gets to play you in a fucking movie uh, and dang, shit. So Lady Gaga, you can do, do you know, you know, it's hard to do better than Lady Gaga to play in a movie. I'm still hoping Denzel plays me in a movie at one point. <laughs> That's pretty good. Even if Louis yeah. Guzman plays me, like if there's a fucking movie out there about I me. Think, I thought you were going to say Louis Anderson. <laughs> he died. He can't anymore. Oh, he died? He did die. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. Shout out to Louis Anderson. Guys, watch this TV show, Va- Baskets. Have you ever seen Baskets? No, I haven't. Oh, dude, it's really good. It's got, um, oh, man, what's his name? Uh, Zach Galifianakis in it. Okay. It's uh, it's about a rodeo clown from Bakersfield, California. And Louis Anderson's in it. Louis Anderson plays his mom. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's hilarious, dude. It is hilarious. It's a ten out of ten TV show. It's only like ten episodes, so oh wow, not it's a good binge watch. You can binge it in a weekend. So nice. So rest in peace, uh, Maurizio Gucci, <laughs> and fucking Louis Anderson. I bet you that's the first time in history that's ever been said. <laughs> that's true, probably. <laughs> All right, who do you, what do you okay, got? Okay, guys, so my case, not as intricate as Jacob's, but still a really interesting case. Um, so for a while now, I wanted to cover a, something. I, I I didn't know how to cover it, but I wanted to cover something that had, like, stalkers in it because I always think, like, you know, we cover a lot of serial killers, we cover murders, we cover all these things, but, like, stalkers are that one, like, weird, creepy element of society that we know it's there, but it doesn't seem to get as publicized as... Uh, as like full-on serial killers or something like that. Um, so I thought, you know, you know, at some point we got to figure something out. And then even though this isn't like a breakdown of, of it, and I wanted to do more of a, of a, you know, characteristics of a stalker, which at some point I did do, and I didn't realize I misspelled stalkers. Uh, <laughs> Stokers. <laughs> so uh, I guess there's like, like shelf stalkers, like people, like what would you want somebody stalking your shelves? And then uh, I did see that these are the characteristics you want. It's basic math skills. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? Like, that I, I, that's kind of a weird one. Flexibility and ability to work under pressure. <laughs> p- p- possession of a current forklift license. I was like, these are like, dude. I, I And I was like, oh, wait, I misspelled that. <laughs> This is not this is not the correct uh stalker. I, I misspelled that. But uh this is the, the case of Amy Hardwick and a person who I didn't really know anything of, to uh-huh. be quite honest with you. 
But apparently she was up there with like Dr. Drew. Like people know Dr. Drew. He's oh, like, okay. But she did a lot of that. Um, let me pull up my notes here. Cause it's I, like a celebrity doctor. She was a, basically a celebrity doctor. Okay. Give me a second here. Um, there. Uh, so just to give you a little bit of her background, she uh, basically you know, worked her way through college, um, modeling, doing dancing. She was very outgoing, basically like, you know, whatever, whatever was out there for her to make money with. She was very beautiful. So that does open some doors in the modeling world, you know? Yeah. Um, but she did like, she was no dummy. Uh, A couple of things that she did do. She went to, uh, let's see, let's see. She got her master's in art degrees from Pepperdine university. Um, she also got her doctorates in psychotherapy and sex therapy. Um, so she basically knew what she was talking about. Uh, that's, she, she did a oh, bunch. Oh, wow. Of, yeah. She is a dime piece. She, uh, she looks kind of like Dita Von Tees. I don't know if you know who that is. I one. sure do. Yeah. Uh, she kind of looks like that, you know, a little more like you could present her to your family though. She looks like a, like Tommy, like one of Tommy Lee's ex-girlfriends or oh, something. Oh, I thought like you were going to say Tommy Lauren. <laughs> no, 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 no. She makes Tommy Lauren look like a fucking hermaphrodite. But, um, but yeah, I think she's, uh, she's beautiful. And, yeah. um. Dying piece. So, and she's very educated. She was kind of doing all these like celebrity doctor things where she would come on TV shows to talk about relationships, to talk about, you know, um, just sex, the, the, you know, the, the intimacies of the bedroom, different things like that, things that couples struggle with. And she did family therapy as well. So she also hosted her own podcast. She was in the podcasting business. Mm-hmm. Um, she also had her own YouTube channel, which is still up. I didn't have the guts to watch it because I felt like yeah. it almost felt wrong if I watched it. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't want to watch it, but her YouTube channel is still up, and I think her podcast episodes are still up. I didn't check out her podcast episodes either, so I don't know if they're good or bad, but if you do, check them out. Um, but, yeah, that was her bread and butter. She did a lot of that couples therapy type of thing. And the crazy thing about that, so I mentioned that she was a model and a, and a dancer going through college. Mm-hmm. She actually never stopped doing that. She would do like fire breathing and stuff like that, like even even in her like doctor state. So she would be a doctor. Her practice is still like, uh, actually it's closed, but if you look it up, it's still like, you know, the, the building and everything's still there in downtown LA. But she would do that during the day. And then at night she would do like these like, fire breathing shows dancing shows because she had that background of like dance of like her time in college so she still was very passionate about that and when i was when i was when i was doing the the research in this i was like you know what that right away i guarantee you that attracts like weird fucking dudes yeah like weird fucking dudes are gonna show up to like a fire breathing show kind of thing and even though she's like a super like well put together woman like she had this uh, one thing I did want to bring up that she started a um, uh, where is it? I lost it, but I'll find it eventually. But um, she basically had this thing where like I guess sex workers and and like people that are in the adult industry like have really high numbers of suicide rate. Mm-hmm. And she was doing like this thing to help people that are in the in like the sex industry, like or uh, adult industry, to like basically like you know because it's usually shown in a really bad light. Yeah, yeah. And like, and I think that she was talking about how it affected their 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 mental 
um, mental health, and it was just basically just helping people that are that are going through that, just seeing what's bothering them, and like basically helping them with their mental state. And it was that that to me is pretty groundbreaking because I had never heard about that. You know what's crazy? I think she's actually was on a podcast that I was listening to because like everything you're saying, I'm like, yeah, I remember all of this, and then. A uh, friend of the show, Sam Sharon, I believe he posted about her. I think he knew her actually. Oh wow, we should That's, get him on here. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, uh, but she had some like really, really like groundbreaking things. Like, I think that um, I I think that the fact that she was so outgoing, super educated, did her own thing, um, was like, I think it rubbed men the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Later on, well, we'll skip. We'll not a bimbo. Yeah, she's not a bimbo, but she basically, like, there is, let's face it, there's a total double standard in what, like, men can do if men sleep with a lot of women mm-hmm. to if a woman wants to have multiple partners. There's that double standard there. Uh, but she, like, broke so many, like, barriers and did so many things that it was just, like, uh, you know, hats off to her. But, um, you know, she she did date a few guys. The most famous one, and I think the one that puts, you know, put her on my map at least, because I heard Drew Carey talking about this on, like, Friday morning. Uh, they were doing an interview on him and uh, talking about how they did date. They were actually engaged. Mm-hmm. And um, they were uh, talking to him about the anniversary of her passing, which actually was on a Valentine's Day. Wow. Um I believe it was in uh, actually just two years ago. So right before the pandemic hit, which is another like tragic thing. Uh, right yeah. before the pandemic hit, I think it's February 14th. Um, she was killed. Uh, and this is right right after her and Drew Carey had called off their engagement. Drew Carey was very like shaken by this. But and you could tell it meant a lot to both of them because both of them were very public about their relationship. This mm-hmm. is apparently was like the big... Uh, normal guy that she's always been looking for, whereas it's like Drew Carey is such a like regular ass dude. He's not like some dude that you would see at the at the typical fire breathing show kind of thing. <laughs> um, and he hosts fucking The Price Is Right. Yeah. And um, and Drew Carey brought her out during an episode of The Price Is Right, introduced her to the public, said, "This is my fiance." You could tell that they were like, yeah, pretty in love. But apparently, she cited that his work schedule was way overwhelming. Like he filmed. The Price is Right, like, nonstop. It was a very, like, intensive show. And he, they, the, the relationship basically could not maintain. Uh, so they call it off. They call off the, the wedding. They call, they call it off, and they're both heartbroken about it. And uh, during this time period, she starts experiencing some weird things at her home. She, she can tell somebody broke in and, like, rearranged some things in her home, deleted a bunch of things from her computer, she kind of has an idea who it is, but doesn't have any proof of who it is. Um, and just, just feels weirded out by the whole situation during this time period. She also gets uh, a restraining order against her ex-boyfriend who she believes is the person who broke into her house and like deleted a bunch of things from her computer and Mm -hmm. stole some things from her house. Uh, his name is Garrett Perth house. Um, who, very typical, like male model looking guy. Very LA looking guy. Yeah. Um. I he right away that dude like rubbed me the wrong way in like this weird way. And and the funny thing about it is the thing that rubbed me the wrong way is like as I was doing research on him, 
the thing that you see the most about him is that he was a photographer. And mm-hmm. right off the bat, I was like, dude, that's such a like weird job. Like, yeah. ladies, if you're ever out in the dating scene and you see like my job is photographer, it's like, dude, that's such a like not a normal job where it's like it should raise red flags. Like, I'm not. Even if you met a girl and her role was photographer, I'd be like, but you have another job, right? That's the side hustle job kind of thing. Like, that's yeah. such a like weird job. Um, and apparently, so after they had broken up, this is before the Drew Carey thing. This is, I believe that they dated in like 2015 is when they were, um, wow. Looking at him, looking him in the eyes, like in all of his pictures or whatever, like even the ones that are like not supposed to be menacing or it's just like him, like on a boat or whatever, him just like walking around, like the eyes are the window to your soul. And like, there's just like some soulless quality to him. Like he, he looks like he would kill someone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wow. So they dated years back, and um, apparently, like one time, she was at a runway, not a runway, at a at a red carpet event, right? So she was pretty famous in L.A. So they're doing this like red carpet event. She's talking to all these like photographers and like news people, and they see each other there. And he starts yelling at her, basically going like, "I lost everything because of you, and you ruined my life, and all this stuff." And then he like falls to the ground and like balls up into a little ball and starts crying. And she's like, what the fuck is going on? And like, that is like total red flag. That's not the, uh, that's manipulation one-on-one. Yeah. And so she's like not having it, you know, she's, she's well-educated in like in this sort of thing. And she gave women advice on like abuse. She Mm -hmm. gave women advice on like uh, abusive ex-boyfriends and like how to like look for red flags and get out of that situation. So she knew she was following her own advice. She's like, I have a restraining order against this guy. This guy's no good. He, I think he might have broken into my apartment. I don't have proof, but I think that was him. Uh, fast forward to to uh, February fourteenth, two thousand twenty. So not that long ago. Yeah. Um, she is found. Actually, she's found dead the next day, like within a couple of hours from from the initial happening, but. He pretty much, and this is allegedly because the trial is still ongoing, so his trial has not been wow has not been finalized. You know, I, I think that there it's supposed to be scheduled for sometime later on this year. I think that they're supposed to like do the full on trial, but he has not been sentenced to anything. Um, but they do find her with like broken bones, like looks like her neck was snapped and then thrown off the window. Oh man. Um. And and the weird thing about the whole the whole situation, because let's face it, it's most people are like willing to say like, yeah, it was him. Like, like this is totally his mo. He had the restraining order. Um, after he does this, he starts tweeting all these like weird tweets, and all the tweets are very like, look at me kind of thing. Like, I'll read you some of them because they're they don't even make sense. Um, if I can find them, if I. Get my shit organized. He was canceled off Twitter. Yeah, no, he was he was a heavy duty tweeter. Um, <laughs> he had one of these tw- one of the tweets that that was funny. It says, "I can't figure out why gerrymandering isn't a federal crime." <laughs> that was like my favorite what? tweet of his, and that was like literally like well, I mean, yeah, minutes they- after he killed her. Um, but then he had a bunch of things that were just like that's some QAnon shit, dude. That's some cold blooded. I mean, I agree with it. Yeah, gerrymandering should be a crime, but. Yeah. <laughs> that is some fucking yeah. But he, I guess, like some uh, some YouTuber was like really happy that 
he had received uh, 1,400 views on his YouTube special, and he's like, man, I'm so happy about that. And then he's like, just to like be like, fuck off, he was just like, I've been special ever since I, I was five with no views. Like, he had this very, like, entitled view of himself. Like, he was basically like, I am a star already. Like, I don't yeah. know. And, and, and it was just very cringy. Like, everything about him, everything I saw about him, everything I read about him, it was like, everything's had to circle around him. And if it didn't circle around him, it was bad. Yeah. Um, which makes sense. Makes sense why he was so heartbroken that she broke up with him and couldn't deal with it. Um, and apparently, like, all of his friends were like, dude, you need to get over her. Like, it's been years now, and, like, you're still not over her. Um, very creepy guy, though. You should definitely Google him. As Jacob said, he does have, like, this weird, like, look in his eyes constantly. Um, but that's actually pretty much it. I didn't expect to tell the story that quickly, but um, let me see if they missed anything. I think you got it all, because, like, I'm looking at everything and just, like, wow, like... <clears throat> I mean, it does. I mean, it. It. I mean, it, it's easy to point the finger at him just because everything that you said about him, and then like you said, like I'll, when you watch the YouTube video, I'll put a picture of him. Like, there's like all these like modeling pictures of him, and you could tell like with her, like there's life behind those eyes, like there's joy, like I, I don't know, like intelligence. Yeah. There's even I don't know, maybe he tried like stand up comedy, like one of the things I'm looking at right here. Oh like, no. It'll, he's like doing I the whole said, t- guys. That's my whole thing, dude. Don't try it. Just Don't try it. to be Drew Carey, man. Drew Carey's a staple of comedy, man. Going back to the '90s when he was in the Drew Carey show. Yeah, it was pretty funny. But um, it looks like he's like trying to do stand-up comedy, actually trying to bring joy to people's life or whatever. And he just looks like a fucking an evil version, more evil version of Dexter, where yeah. there's like there's no redeeming quality behind those eyes. Like it's just like fuck, dude. Like. Damn, yeah, he, that motherfucker, he mm-hmm. did it, he did it. <laughs> he, yeah, I mean, so the big evidence, of course, is, um, I don't think they have actual, like, fingerprint evidence, but they have footage of a white male dressed all in black leaving her residence, mm. uh, which looks a lot like him, um, but it's kind of obscured. I'm sure there's more evidence. I'm not sure they're not going to put it all on the internet while the trial hasn't happened yet, mm-hmm. um, but I'm pretty sure it was him. <laughs> I'm just going to say it was him for now. Yeah. It it's uh, it looks like it's leaning that way, but um, damn. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a pretty tragic story. I do think that like the the stalker phase of it, right? The fact that he was a stalker for so long, and um, and did all that creepy shit like breaking into her apartment and mm-hmm. like stealing stuff and wiping her computer, and like the whole red carpet incident where he like balls up and starts crying on the floor and blaming all of his misery yeah. on her. Like there is a there is like a weird element to that. Like I remember there was a, a dude that um, went after high school, like my, one of my best friends, he got a job at the, uh, the dollar movie theater in the East Hills mall. Mm. I think it was a regular theater back then, but um, there was another dude there and he always wanted to be buddies with him. That, that friend that I had, was always obsessed with like hanging out with the cool kids. And that guy was like a good looking guy. Like he kind of looked like Greg from Dillinger kind of like, he was a kind of like well built white tall dude, mm. you, you know, looked like the looked like a regular dude. But as soon as he started talking to him, there was something weird about him. Like he was very like obsessive about like just random things, and um, apparently like that guy got fired from from working at that movie theater because there was a girl that worked there and he would always sneak up on her and like 
and like try to hug her and do all these weird things and like and like every time that they would have like work parties remember when we had target work parties and stuff like she would always be like please don't invite him like he's super creepy he's like yeah. always follows me and like i guess he would sh- find out about him and like show up unannounced and stuff like that and i was always like dude we gotta stop hanging out with this guy this guy's like Drama. not all there i thought he was just something's wrong like, there's a screw loose i didn't like hanging out with him because he was super intense like even when you were just talking to him he would just like lock eyes with you and be like super intense, and I'd be like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah, this guy's gonna stab somebody over fucking nothing. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that that's how this guy was, but every picture I see of him reminds me of that guy. Yeah. Where it's just like that intensity of like I have to be the the center of attention type of vibe. I don't know. Super weird though. Wow. God damn, a good ass story though, man. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a brief one, but I. uh yeah, it's just a side side hustle kind of story. <laughs> side hustle, you're a photographer story. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, you got anything else, man? No, that's it. Uh, tell your mommy you boo boo too. Shall I visit Jack? Me? Shall I visit Warren? That's it. Shout out Drew Carey. Please watch The Price Is Right when next time you're home. And yeah, just, poor like, Drew Carey, man. Like you look at pictures of him and her, and you're like, God damn, why couldn't it have worked out, man? That that'd be a fucking yeah, a lifetime man. heartache right there, man. Uh, so shout out to him. So. Uh, Valent, if you're listening to this uh, in real time, I'll probably release this tonight after the Super Bowl or whatnot. Uh, February 13th, hmm. year of our Lord, 2022. Um, yeah, I guess uh, my message after <laughs> after both of these stories is uh, if you love someone, uh, don't fucking kill them. Never let them go. Yeah, never, <laughs> even hold, in death. Hold them so tight that they can't breathe. No, I don't know. Don't do that. Yeah, I don't have any good advice. <laughs> I was like, as I was just talking, I was like, yeah, this is going to come out weird. Anyways, guys, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Super Bowl Day. Happy Super Bowl Halftime Day. Fuck it, I'm really excited for that halftime show. I hope but, that Tupac does show up. I hope that's not a rumor. Yeah, and Easy, you know, all, all the motherfuckers, all the West Coast legends. You think Easy will show up? Probably not, no. He's not, no, as, he's he's not as beloved. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, guys, if you want to be controversial, if you want to get racist, no, I'm kidding. Don't get racist, guys. We ain't trying to get canceled like Rogan or whatever. Um, guys, go on over to the social medias at Art and Jacob Do America, except for Twitter. We are at Art and Jacob Do A1. Yes, motherfuckers, I know I can change it, but why not? I've said it too many times, and it's funny to piss off Jesus and Jordan about that. So uh, go there. Um, if you guys got some other uh, bloody Valentine stories uh, about, you know, either celebrities or even your own. Dude, uh, yeah, I was thinking that. I was like, dude, it'd be cool to, like, if you guys could send us, you know, on, on Instagram, whether you can, like, record a voicemail or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, if you guys have your own, like, creepy, like, stalker or whatever stories, like, put them on there and we just put them on the podcast. And, you know, whenever we have those, like, episodes where it's like, oh, dude, we we got to record this quick, but I don't have a topic. We could just play those and, like, react to them. That'd yeah. Be, that'd, that be, that'd be an easy one to great do. Great idea. Real quick, the only real kind of stalker I had, I had this mom, or I, my mom had this daycare mom who had like 17 kids or whatever uh-huh. and uh she would always make Octo like mom yeah literally she would always make except not hot uh she'd always make, she was hot though right i agree with you I, when you said that the first time i was like Ugh, oh Art. i said that on the podcast you said that before and i okay. looked up and i was like you know what I, there's something there yeah there's something there i could see i can rub one out okay, that. Yeah. same here <laughs> <laughs> but um she would always like make like sexual harassing things towards me like hey I, if you if you lived in my house and you were like young Jacob, dude, time? I was fifteen or oh, sixteen, dang. and so she said, if you were in my house, you wouldn't have to work. As I was leaving to work uh, at McDonald's or whatever, uh, she said, you wouldn't even have to work if you lived in my house. You just I would just let you sit in my in your underwear all day, 
And I was like, dude, that is fucking nasty. That's some Michael Jackson shit. Yeah. And um, I remember like a short time after that, like she would just show up to my job at McDonald's and it would be like a 1 p.m. shift and she would stay there until I left, like a Dang. whole like eight hours. I was like, this is getting creepy until finally I told my mom about this. And I was like, dude, I... And then what did she say? No, Jelaine Maxwell is actually really nice if you get to know her. <laughs> <laughs> just go to the island. Fuck yeah. it. What's the worst that can happen? Jacob, Jelaine is really nice. Just get over it. Yeah, it she's hot. Come yeah. on. Hotty or naughty. Yeah. Wait, one not. more check in the naughty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I told her about this, and at first she like kind of like stiff-armed me about it. She's like, no, like she's a mom. She would never do it. And I was like, mom, for a whole week, she like just shows up to my job and just stays there and licks one ice cream the whole time. I'm like- you need to tell her something or else I'm going to have like, like my manager or somebody say something or whatever. Right. And so finally, I guess they had like a big old, like, uh, um, argument over it or whatever. And she was like, dude, my son is under the age of 18. You can't do that. And then, um, I guess long story short, she's in jail for uh, some pedophilia acts. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, I could have, uh, your boy, Jacob P in the place to be. Damn. Could have been a victim. You don't really think about those, like the mature, older, like, isn't there? Cougars? Yeah, the cougar thing. Like, isn't there like a little bit of a hell yeah thing? It, like the young dude that gets at the cougar. cougar? Um, It's a little weird. It's still weird. I remember when, when we worked at Target, there was a, there was a, uh like this like older, like, you remember where you get those like reseller guys? I don't know what country they were from, but they had like a really thick accent. Uh, but one of those guys was like following this like girl that worked in the like soft lines. If you don't know what Target is, like the clothing, Clothes. yeah, the clothing area. And he was like following her for hours, and she complained to uh to the security, and the security's like, "Well, he isn't doing anything." And so like, apparently he like waited there like all day long, and it wasn't until like the very end they were like, "You have to leave, you have to leave, dude." And he's like, "Okay, I'm leaving, I'm leaving." But um. Yeah, like that that kind of stuff, like that's one of those things I'm like really lucky that I'm a guy and like didn't ever have to go through something like that. But like I do think like I'm sure there's a lot of lot of lady listeners that listen to this podcast that are like, dude, I got tons of those stories. That's uh. like nothing. But it's like I'm sure that's just like a Tuesday to them. But we should have Patty back on. She has like a fucking bunch of stories like that. Dude, she got intense with it. If she's willing to come on and tell some of those stories, like the right on, like more power to you, but yeah, those those stories, like, I don't know if I can handle that shit. Like, to me, it's, like, that one story that I told you where, like, I almost got, like, my kidney stolen or whatever. Like, that oh, was, like, yeah. that was like a life-changing one, and I still tell that story, but that's, like, probably, like, nothing compared to, like, what? A Friday week. night. Yeah, that's, like, oh, downtown. Dude, dude, I get my kidney stolen every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> the mint. Yeah. This guy in a, per- this guy in a pink tuxedo. You and a guy with a bow on his head? Yeah. I try to steal my kidneys. He's trying to go to South Africa next month. He asked me for $50 for yeah. airfare. Yeah, oh man, he said something about a monkey or something, like a virus. <laughs> He's like, he tra- kept trying to bite my neck, but then I was like, hey, stop it, dude. And he said he jizzed on me, but I don't know if that's true. Yeah. So. That might be old jizz. Uh, so <laughs> if you want to talk about old jizz stories, hit us up on all the social medias. Uh, if you want to support this podcast, guys, I highly recommend going on over to Patreon, uh, where last week I kind of told you uh, some sad stuff. Um, that'll probably be like the one episode that's not as good as the episodes you get for free. But this week, Art and I put together a really good episode where we go full in depth, um, full knee slapper, full knee slapper. But we do we do address the whole Joe Rogan thing, and it'll probably uh, be the last time we talk about him for a while, just because it was so exhausting. Until but, he dies, yeah. Until we'll he do dies. an episode. <laughs> is Joe Rogan a government plant? Is Joe Rogan is Joe Rogan a 
Um, never mind. I was gonna say something really racist. <laughs> Is Joe Rogan a Goomba? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, okay, I was gonna say something too, but I'm not gonna say it. Either. Dude, just put a picture next to like a Goomba and Joe Rogan, and it's the same guy. Yeah, it's the same fucking guy. That thing with Pam Beasley saying like they're the same picture. Yeah, just a picture <laughs> of a. I'm sure that that exists. Somebody photoshopped that together for us. Nicole Smith, Bosch, come on. Make it happen. Uh, but anyways, uh, going over to the Patreon, Art and I put together an amazing episode. You can be listening every single month for $1 contribution a month. The $1 goes very far. As you can see by my pink LED lights that I put on for you guys this Valentine's Day weekend. Uh, if you want to support us in any other way, guys, I highly recommend going head on over to artandjacobdoamerica.com. Follow the merch links where it will send you to our merch store over at tpublic.com. Where currently we have four different designs. And like I tell you guys, guys, it's not so much to help us monetarily because we get probably like 15 cents, 14 cents or whatever for every t-shirt that we sell. We're not Gucci, uh, but it does help spread the good word of our Jacob Do America podcast because you are a walking billboard when you wear those items for us. So uh, head on over there. Uh, Head on over to podbelly.com. Uh, check out our podcast network where um, we have other great podcasts such as our boy Eddie at the RRBG podcast as well as Robots for Eyes. I know they get shouted out by uh, Silver King every single week and sometimes we don't get a mention for like six months after that. Is but that because that's Nicole Smith's Bosch favorite podcast on probably. Podbelly and they're like just trying to do like brownie points? Probably. Yeah. But anyways, I Round did take... those points. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but um, I have checked them out. They are pretty good. They kind of do the same thing as us, except like in British accents. Yeah, I know, man. You know, shout out to every podcast on Podbelly World, but man, I'm really bad with accents. Like I can't, there's something like, there's a mental block there when when there's there's accents. Like I, 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 I can't, I can't do it, dude. Yeah. It's just, it's hard for me. Like I can't listen to podcasts with accents. I can't watch YouTube things with accents, even foreign films with just accents. Like, just do it regular, man. I'll just read the subtitles. Like yeah. accents really throw yeah, Maybe me that's off. why I can't watch those movies my girlfriend watches about uh-huh. fucking black and white Portuguese movie about pedophilia where a guy just sits in a corner smoking a cigarette all day. Uh-huh. Yeah, so your girlfriend's really into that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I didn't. I, it's apparently a whole genre too. Uh-huh. And it's all on fucking Japanese, HBO. Uh, Portuguese masturbation films. <laughs> <laughs> pedophilia <laughs> masturbation films. So. With that said, guys, uh, enjoy your Super Bowl weekend. Enjoy your Valentine's weekend. But I love you guys. And goodbye. And good night. Rest in peace, Tupac. In the hours just after Valentine's Day in 2020, Drew Carey's former fiance, Amy Harwick, a Hollywood therapist, lost her life. Obviously, really beautiful. Like, she was smart, she had a PhD, master's degree. She cared so much about helping people. That's That was her life's purpose. Drew and Amy met in 2017. I felt so hard for her. And a year later, to mark Valentine's Day, he shared news of their engagement. My brand new lovely fiance, Amy. Still, like many Hollywood romances, theirs didn't last, and they broke up and fell out of touch. And then, out of the blue, just two days before her death, Amy reached out. I got a text from her and would love to get together with you and talk. And I said, yeah, I would love to do that. I love you. Are you sad you never got that chance? I never got it. I never got a chance to do it. 
On the last night of her life, Valentine's Day, Amy was out with friends and took these photos. Not long after, police found Amy lying below her bedroom balcony, fighting to breathe. There were deep marks on her neck, signs that she had been strangled. Inside, blood on a door, and on the balcony, a syringe like this one, containing a liquid that lab tests later revealed to be nicotine, which can be a lethal poison. Amy died on February 15th at 3.26 a.m. Amy's friend, Robert Koshland. I would say it was like the sun was ripped from the sky. Koshland reached out to Drew Carey. And I just started crying, you know really bad. Koshlin says he instantly knew who might have done this to Amy, an ex-boyfriend, Gareth Pursehouse, whom Amy had reported for assaulting her before they broke up in 2012. She feared he was stalking her. She literally said, if anything ever happens to me, it's Gareth. Pursehouse's DNA was found on Amy's fingernails and in her home. He was charged with her murder. Pursehouse has pleaded not guilty. Drew Carey says he's grateful for that last text exchange with Amy. And she did love you, because that's she what did. I've heard. And that's she the only, that's the big solace I get from it, is that she loved me, and I'm glad I could get that message to her uh, before she died. Listen like that, Anna, it's like this. Then who gives a fuck about those? So just chill to the next episode.